Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mr. Schultz visiting Canada and visiting Mr. Trudeau and the fact that uh, they're going to be signing a hydrogen deal in the next few days, somewhere on the East Coast. But the thing is, the thing is, that this deal is not going to be workable for several decades. And as I said earlier, so if it's 30 years, and that's the numbers that have been thrown out there, let's just say it's 30 years. That would be like Kim Campbell, who was prime minister of this country for a day and a half. That would be like Kim Campbell in 1992 signing Canada to an agreement that would take place when? Right now, 30 years ago. So if she signed a deal in 1992 and it was 30 years down the road, that would be now. Think about all the things that have taken place since 1992. We also spoke with the president of the Canadian-Ukrainian Congress, and they very, very seriously are demanding that this government end its policy of compromising the sanctions against Russia and allowing the uh, gas turbines, five more, to be shipped from Siemens in Montreal to, uh, to Germany and then on to Mr. Putin. All right. So again, the Chancellor of Germany, Olaf Scholz, begins a three-day tour of Canada with a delegation of German business and energy executives today. Germany is facing massive energy and economic deficit challenges. Uh, we heard that office and public buildings must keep maximum heating at 19 degrees Celsius this winter. And we've also heard that rolling blackouts may occur, and not just in Germany. Why is this happening? Is it Germany's own poor energy planning and management? Katja Hoyer joins us, German Anglo citizen, journalist, historian, author of the best selling historical book. It's this fantastic book, Blood and Iron The Rise and Fall of the German Empire. Katja's been with us on this program on numerous occasions, and we found ourselves talking about German energy in the past. How are you, Katja? Hello, I'm fine, Roy. It's just good to be back. And yes, indeed, we have been <laughs> talking about this for some time, but it seems no one's listening. Well, here we're getting, I know it's August, but we're getting closer to the time when uh, heating buildings and staying warm is going to be critical to one's, even one's survival. So Germany today, its greatest issues, is it the challenges with the energy crisis? Is that number one? Uh, I would say so. I mean, it's certainly the noises coming from politicians as well when you listen to the rhetoric coming from them. You know, you, you mentioned the um, talks between Canada and Germany about the turbines for, for Nord Stream 1. Um, they basically went cap in hand, German politicians, to, to Canada almost begging, you know, for, for the turbines to be um, delivered so that, you know, unrest, social unrest wouldn't happen in the winter because of energy uh, shortages. So I think it is certainly the, the foremost issue on on people's minds um, at the moment in terms of, you know, looking forward towards the winter. So why then, and uh, we have touched on this in the past, but let's revisit it. Why then is Germany in the energy position that is is in? Was it too aggressive 
with its renewables policy? Was it too aggressive in uh, taking nuclear power plants offline? What caused this situation that they're in now? (laughs) All of the above, I would say. Um, It's certainly uh, the case that people basically decided that as a transitional um, fossil fuel, basically going towards more nuclear and more, sorry, more renewable energies, um, gas was favored over um, other energies such as uh, nuclear. And so effectively it was decided to close down the nuclear plants um, and increase, make up for the loss basically uh, through an increase of uh, Russian um, gas being delivered, and, and that was supposed to be the transitional uh, fuel until um, such time when, when renewables basically become feasible as as the sole energy provider. Um, and because of that, Germany is effectively banked on uh, Russian gas being always available, being always available at, at a price politically and financially that, that is feasible, um, and that's obviously now proved to be um, a mistake. Okay, so to understand the situation, what if, and I don't like what ifs, but what if Putin were to significantly reduce the gas flow to Germany today, how negatively would that impact the German economy, German well-being, and by extension, the well-being of the European Union? Well, the forecasts have uh, come up with you know, different models of, of working this out. Um, most of them seem to go with, um, you know, a contraction of the economy of sort of between 3 and 10%. I know it's quite a wide span, but the models that they've used to come up with these is, um, you know, are quite wide ranging. But nonetheless, that would be extremely painful, of course, for for the German economy. Um, there's also, as I say, a fear that this might lead to uh, social unrest over the autumn and winter given that uh, this would lead to uh, restrictions as you say in room temperature for example um, prices for energy are going up significantly which in turn obviously has an impact on living standards um, so one way or another the price would be incredibly high um, politically socially and economically um, but it's not just a hypothetical i mean the the uh, Deliveries through um, Nord Stream 1 have already been reduced to 20%, which means that Germany is uh, much slower this summer in, in uh, putting uh, gas into its storages, and, and that might lead to shortages in the winter um, either way, and, and certainly might lead to a situation where the government will have to decide uh, what or who um, will have to take the, the brunt here, the industry or, or private households, or you know where exactly is this energy supposed to be saved. So somewhere in Germany this winter, whether it's industry, whether it's private homes, there is going to be a significant drop in the availability of energy of natural gas. So that would take into account, or at least that would account for the government saying that public buildings will be heated only to 19 degrees Celsius. But uh, is there an expectation, Katja, of what it would potentially cost the average German family, of how much more it would cost this winter? Yeah, I mean, some of, some of the uh, models go up to um, sort of eight times, you know, the amount of energy oh, wow. prices that people are paying at, paying at the moment. And it depends how far the government's willing to and able to step in um, to, you know, cushion the, the blow effectively, be that either through direct payments into people's accounts or through um, subsidizing the energy companies or for capping prices. But one way or another, if this isn't mitigated, that's sort of the expectation that is out there at the moment. Eight times what they're paying now. And they're paying more now than they paid last year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And they're already paying, certainly for electricity, some of the highest prices, um, not just in Europe, but worldwide. So it's, it's already incredibly expensive. What about the rest of Europe? How are they faring? Uh, I know you spend your time in Germany and in England, but uh, how's the rest of Europe faring? What are they, what are they staring at? Well, here in London, I got, I got an email from my energy provider today, also warning me that um, energy prices will go up significantly. They reckon probably about 80% more than current than I currently pay um, at the moment. And that's already factoring in um, some of the uh, kind of mitigations of the, um, any sort of future prime minister, because it's a bit in the balance at the moment. Um, might uh, kind of provide. So it's it's a similar scenario here. The difference is that the reliance on, on Russia is uh, not as high. Um, and so, you know, energy can basically be procured and therefore there's a bit more political room to manoeuvre whilst in Germany it will just not be there unless Germany can kind of, you know, procure energy from elsewhere. Whilst in, in Britain is kind of, uh, you know, the worldwide markets that are influencing this rather than that specific uh, reliance on Russian um, oil and gas. Well, 80% in England, eight times the current cost in Germany. That's the projection. What about uh, Germany's expectation of this country? Why do you suppose Mr. Schultz is here? We're told it's for an hydrogen deal that's going to be signed that will take effect in, you know, several decades. I may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. <laughs> well, what's your thinking? Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting uh, kind of sight to see the CEOs traveling with them. That's not normally the case. I mean, you don't normally get people that represent, you know, huge companies like Volkswagen and Mercedes traveling around the world with with the uh, chancellor. So I dare say there are some other deals to be struck that aren't, um, you know, about making energy uh, feasible in 30 years' time. Having said that, I mean, it's hard to see how anything really short term could come to pass, given that that Germany hasn't even got LNG terminals ready. So if this is about LNG, Mm -hmm. then we're still talking kind of early next year, at the very earliest. Um, So one way or another, this winter is going to be tough, whatever is decided in in Canada over the next few days. Well, uh, come to Canada. Is it's it warm it's, over it's, there? Yeah, there's lots of room. <laughs> we have lots of room. And it's getting more expensive here, but I think it's still more manageable than you. We're not looking, uh, at least I hope not, we're not looking at eight times the current energy costs in this country. They're going up, but it's not anything like what Germany's facing. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.